I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks, the most trusted resource for your money, your future, and your life, originally aired April 10th, Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, the most trusted source for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jesse Thomas. Hey, how's it going, Troy? Hey, Jesse. Doing well. And we've also got Jennifer Thomas. Jennifer, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Awesome. Doing great. Uh, And we also have a new voice who is going to be a staple on the show from here on, uh, Kelly Lynn, who you've probably heard me introduce as our producer. Hello, hello. We gave her a microphone. I know. We we take a week off for spring break and... You, uh, yeah, you, come I, I, I come back and you see that I've put a microphone at my station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a, a devious move on your part, but you also made me say a few new things too. Right? I yeah, a new tagline. Yeah, new tagline. Let us know how you like it. Yeah. You know, doing some uh, doing some upgrades for spring. Yeah. We'll call. Well, I'm I am uh, I'm here to kind of let y'all know what we're doing on the show today. Uh, we've got some. Uh, I think Troy, you're going to give us some insight with the job openings and labor turnover survey. Sure. Is that correct? Yeah. That's on the docket this week. Jesse, I believe you're going to be covering like some trends in this tax season because Jesse is our CPA. Yes. Rare occasion that I was able to get a CPA on the show this at this oh, time yeah. of year. Yeah, it's tax so this is huge. Happy to leave the cave. All right. So she's going to come and tell us some stuff. We'll also talk about like kind of reducing taxes for next year. And then we've got a ton of listener questions this week, uh, including I want Troy to explain how the market gets that long-term 10% growth. Yeah, we can do that. And I think probably some, uh, Jennifer, I will tap you and I'll ask you about some financial moves that people can make in their 60s. Sounds good. Not All that right. you're anywhere close to that age. This this was not done. No, far far away. Right. Hey, Absolutely. Hey, listeners, th- these are what they want to know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so, um, we probably ought to get at it. I just curate the stuff. You know, you're All my right. expert. Well, now, you already mentioned that uh, Jesse is a is a CPA. Uh, she is um, in the middle of tax season. She said she came out of her cave, but I. I don't get the feeling that the light hurts her eyes too bad right now. No, not yet. Yeah. All right. And Jennifer, who is uh, a principal at Hensler Financial and also a uh, CFP, is uh, over our planning and implementation departments. Uh, what good's a plan without uh, kicking the pants to make you do it? Uh, and Jennifer uh, is a is an expert on financial planning. So uh, we got lots of uh, folks that can talk to you about various things today but uh, like we say jesse is going to be the star of the show so uh what do we have this week as far as returns jesse 
looking at five-day, 3.16%, so I can claim at this point that I was right. Market went up, uh, up significantly. Information technology is back in the swing of things, up 5.7% this week with communication services following closely 5.23%. Um, everything's positive across the board except the year's big winner, Energy, which was down 0.91%, so slightly less than 1%. Uh, gives us a year-to-date return on the S&P 500, 9.5%, with Energy still leading the way up 29.67%. You want some of that, Jesse? That's uh, that's good returns, isn't it, uh, on, a, on a regular year? On a regular year, it's good. Yeah, uh, it's about three years' worth of returns. Uh, of course, if you stretch it out a little further, um, you know, the story changes a bit. Uh, financials still on the year are up 18.78%. Um, that, too, is huge. And uh, toward the bottom, consumer staples, which are lagging significantly, but they're still positive, up 2.3%. So we'll just have to see what the remainder of the year has for that. Uh, if you look over the last 12 months, 51.5% for the S&P 500. Consumer discretionary up 66%. Information technology also up eh, slightly less, but about 66%. Uh, and then materials up 64.3%. Way down in the basement, only 15.7% returned for utilities. So, um you know, given that we had a recession in the first two quarters of last year, um, it's, it's uh, you know, we're up 51%. Quite a recovery from uh, from a short-lived recession, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, was, was this the shortest recession on record? Uh, you know, Kelly Lynn, it's got to be among them, if not the shortest, one of uh, the shortest. But I'm not sure officially okay. what the record is in. You know, we've had Roger Tudoro on the show a few weeks ago, and he was talking mm-hmm. about it takes a while. You know, yeah. you don't get information yeah. from our government's official economists um, right away, and, and quite often they'll revise it four or five times before they make it official. So, because we just came out of the longest bull market, correct? Uh, that is true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it killed, followed by the shortest killed, recession. <laughs> it killed the longest bull market. <laughs> Yeah, and why not? I mean, in times of breaking records, why not? Let's do that. Um, so we've got some information that I uh, want to share on uh, economic releases this week. We had uh, factory orders come out, and it looks like businesses took a bit of a step back in February. Weather and global semiconductor shortage explains some of the weakness. Factory orders fell 0.8% in February. Um, which was larger than the forecasted decline of half a percent. Uh, Transportation orders were down 1.8%, probably the first decline we've seen since August. Um, And uh, you take transportation away, factory orders still fell, but only by 0.6%. So um, there's that. We got uh, ISM non-manufacturing index, which is a weird way to say the services index, it picked up steam in March, thanks to steady reopening nationally, fiscal stimulus, and the fading of unfavorable weather effects during the prior month. So, uh, February uh, February weather is being blamed on quite a few things. Um, didn't we have a big storm in New York City? And was that in February or January? Late I think February? wasn't it also Texas that was also Texas yeah. got hit. Texas by, yeah. got hit. You know, well that was in March huge. though. I think. 
Yeah, that yeah. was March, so not February. But anyway, anytime you start hearing economists blame slow economic conditions on the weather. The weather. <laughs> it, I mean, it does make an impact sometimes, um, but uh, you, you know that they're might be grasping at straws. I was going to say, that sounds, that sounds stretching. Yeah, uh, we got uh, information on mortgage applications, which fell 5.1% following a 2.2% decline. This is a weekly number that we get. Uh, purchase index contracted 46 Refinance index declined 5.3%. So see uh, a little bit of uh, the bloom coming off that rose that was... Uh, 2020s move to get out of the out of the city and into the suburbs, um, and it doesn't really help a whole lot when uh, interest rates increase. Uh, if you look at what we had just over the week, and a lot of times it takes more than just a week's um, <clears throat> week's uh, situation to make that uh, impact felt. But uh, the two-year Treasury did fall by 0.1 basis points, so hardly moved. Uh, the five-year Treasury was down 3.2 basis points. The 10-year Treasury rose 5.4. It's now at 1.65. Started the year at about 1.15. It's the um, the 10-year that everybody's been watching so closely. Tends to be really affected by inflation. And in this case, you know, as I said, it was up about 5.4 basis points, which is 0.05%. Mm-hmm. Again, the week, um, not huge, but... a a move in the in the the positive for this is kind of a negative for economics. Um, the 30-year Treasury also rose four basis points, or 0.04 percent, to 2.337 percent. Um, if you look at the 30-year average um, mortgage rate, which really should more impact that uh, the the uh, mortgage numbers that we were the application survey that we were just talking about it was actually stable over the last week so nothing huge um and then you can look at uh FOMC minutes really nothing new there uh you know showed the central bank isn't going to be changing its forward guidance on its monthly asset purchases anytime soon which uh i think is kind of a oh really uh, you know, it's, <laughs> big surprise it's a, there, right? Surprise. Not really news <laughs> no. when it comes to the FOMC. We've seen them talk uh, more specifically about continuing to stay the course with uh, relatively low interest rates and nothing changing really till 2023 in their expectation, and all of that dependent on the data, um, meaning that unless inflation just got absolutely crazy. We're not going to see much out of the FOMC. They'll continue buying their, I think it's $120 billion in bonds per month. Wow, what a check, huh? Mm. Um, So uh, the other is jobless claims, uh, which we do see they've been choppy in recent weeks with little sign of improvement. New filings rose from an upwardly revised 728,000 to 744,000. We watch this really, I mean, it comes out weekly, so we watch it on a a little longer basis and get us out of here. All right. So coming up uh, on our next segment, I believe, Troy, you're going to do a dog of the week for us. That's true. Yeah. And Jesse, we're going to start talking to you about the tax season. Sounds good. Stay tuned. Don't be right back. Money Talks. We'll be right back. You win. 
dog of the week. All right, we have got the... What about the bird of the week instead of the dog of the week? We've got uh, kind of an issue in Alaska. I uh, heard about this. Costco in Anchorage is suffering from a, from an influx um, of ravens. Ooh. Ravens. Now, I, I learned that I probably shouldn't be making fun of my daughter. When a hawk flaw, flies through our yard, she always worries that they're going to take off her little wiener dogs. And uh, I, I always think, eh, there's no way. There is an oh, instance. Okay. Oh, sorry, Jennifer. I said, oh, they can. Yeah, they sell the little spiky <laughs> vests that you can put on your dog, the hawk-proof vests. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Well, do they have a uh, raven-proof vest for short ribs? That I don't know. All right. So there are people in Anchorage, Alaska. Go to the Costco. Come out to the parking lot trying to get their their food in the car. Man steps away from his cart. Ten steps, he says. Next thing he knows... The ravens have descended on his cart, pecked through the package of some short ribs, and flown off with a stack of short ribs. How in the world can a raven pick up that and fly away? I was in Alaska, and I saw ravens. And really? they are huge. They're big. Well, that's what everybody says. They're well-fed. Because the Costco parking lot, they say that it has become... Such a problem that uh, this guy, he got he got his meat home. He was going to throw away the one that they had picked up, flew off with, and then subsequently dropped. But he uh, found a peck hole in another one, and he was just, he cut around it and was starting to marinate it. His wife said, oh, no, you don't. You're taking that back. That is gross. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I guess leave it to the ladies. I'm surrounded by them today. But... Uh, you know, she insisted that he take the meat back, and to their credit, Costco, without question, said they knew that there had been some issues with the birds in the parking lot, and gave the man uh, a refund or or new short or new short rib. I think they and gave a security him new guard to get to his car. <laughs> no, I don't think that was part of it. Well, the thing that's strange is, you know, you read deeper into the story, and it says that. Uh, Every December, they do a, um, a a review of the the Department of Natural Resources up there, do a, a study to see just how many ravens are there. In 2018, there were 923 common ravens. In 2019, 621. There's 751 birds that are there in 2020. But there is a big but here, and that is that the ravens actually migrate to Anchorage for food in the wintertime where they know people are going to be walking from mm-hmm. the store to the car. And it's not just the Costco, by the way. Other grocery stores have reported similar situations. But, um, you know, I really didn't think that this would ever be a problem. And if it were, I mean, what are they going to get? I figured maybe a little fruit and fly off. But why in the world is a raven eating meat? Because they're smart, I guess. Well, These are... two, two points I would make is, um, one, whose job is it to count ravens? <laughs> and then to, to the degree where it's like, you know, 623. <laughs> right. But also, we had a snack box outside of our house for delivery people during 
the pandemic. Gotcha. And we put like water and snacks and they were all wrapped up snacks in packages. And we had to stop doing it because the crows kept taking the packages out into our yard and opening them up with their beaks and eating the snacks. Wow. Absolutely. These are both ravens and crows are part of the corvid family. And so these are highly intelligent birds. Hmm. And here I thought, I went to to uh, Cumberland Island when I was a kid, probably 14, 15, something like that. And uh, I recall that they told us that you have to not only shut your cooler, but lock it if you can, because the raccoons would get in the cooler mm-hmm. and open mm-hmm. all your canned goods and everything else with their little digits. So uh, I guess crows have got... Yeah, I've well, I've also seen ravens going. in Alaska, and they're big and scary. And if they asked for my wallet, I would hand it over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, so the the nasty bird of the week is the raven. All right, Jesse. Let's talk about something financial. Uh, this is a financial show, believe it or not. We talk a lot about other things, and it's kind of fun and interesting to run across it but uh you know i always try to tie it back to business and i will in this case too good job for costco understanding what's going on to the to the uh, fault of none of their clients and customers they just gave them a refund i don't know uh, how you fix that problem though guess they'll figure it out yeah they say that the the crows leave after spring hit so when is that in alaska like June, July, something probably like <laughs> September. September might be just in time for the next winter. It's two days in September. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got a, a situation here. Doug and Rosie in their late forties uh, just um, came back from the from their tax accountant and said uh, we owe taxes for 2020. We've had them computed but have not yet filed. Our accountant just got back to us right as they announced the new deadline. Yes. Yes. We're even going to acknowledge that there is a new deadline on the show? We're trying not to. Okay. Get your stuff in early, folks. That's no, right. um, the new deadline 15th, is... It's right around the corner. <laughs> ...is May 17th for 2021. Um, if you live in a disaster zone from the last bad winter storm, which is Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, it's June 15th. It's weird to have bad winter I weather know. in Louisiana. I don't know. I watched the Gators. I wonder if they froze to death, you think? What's what's old Troy going to do when he's out there trying to hunt Gators? Yeah, yeah. I watched that show. Don't know? All right. Got, I got it. <clears throat> so, uh, so this couple not only acknowledges the, the worst for you, Jesse, that we do have an extension of the deadline by approximately a month, but they said we received... Easy for me to say. We receive the stimulus payments based off prior year returns, but now we owe. And obviously, we're not happy about it. So they've got a couple of questions, and I'm hoping that you can flesh them out. Uh, What can we do to reduce 2021 taxes? And will Biden have to roll out a new tax plan to pay for all of this stimulus that has recently come about? Sure. Loaded questions this week. Wow. Easy easy peasy, right? Um, So I guess we'll kind of start at the what can we do. It's a little too late for 2020, but not too late for 2021. Um, So, you know, knowing that you owe and knowing that that is not something you were expecting. The good news is you have until 
that May 17th deadline. So if you wanted to pay half now, half then, you know, anything you can do to make it work, you're going to want to pay by that deadline, though, to avoid late penalties and interest on your payments. Um, so, you know, some people think, oh, I'll just apply for an extension, but that's only an extension of time to file, not time to pay. So make sure if you think you're going to owe, if you're worried about owing, that that all gets in by the May 17th deadline. Try to get a pretty good estimate and go ahead and pay the tax. Yes. Now, Jesse, you said that uh, it's too late for 2020. Are there nothing, I mean, are there any, like an IRA that you could fund still for 2020 that might get you a little lower? Yes. So if you are not in a pension plan um, and one is not made available to you, which means you're either self-employed or you're working somewhere that does not provide that as an option, then you can still make an IRA payment that could be tax deductible. Okay. Um, so that that is an option, but depending on your income, that may not be viable. Um, so I shouldn't say it's 100% too late, but but probably mostly too More late. Less, so tax, yeah. talk to a tax advisor if you think there may be some room there. Right, and everybody's um, situation is, is significantly different, right? Yes. Um, so, you know... The other thing to remember is that if you think you may owe again next year, they have only moved the extension of time to file and pay your 2020 taxes. First estimates are still due April 15th. Okay. Um, so if you're a quarterly payer, you still have to get that in by the 15th of April, yes. which is the normal deadline. And one tax. thing we're looking at that we think is a more conservative approach is if you think you're going to owe this year or you think you're going to owe an estimate next year, maybe go ahead and file an extension on April 15th um, and include that money all in your extension payment. So then anything that's left over will be applied to your first quarter estimate for the next year. Okay. I um, got you. So, you know, kind of with that in mind, that's all, all about the deadline, but the the stimulus payment and the um, planning for next year are kind of two separate issues. So the stimulus payments that people are receiving are not considered income. They're in advance of a tax credit, so they're not what's causing you to owe. There could be other COVID-related situations that are, though. Um, I know one thing we've been seeing a lot of this year is unemployment, whether it's for you or for your children. Um, if if somebody has unemployment and didn't have taxes withheld, they could be under withheld and have penalties. They have passed something at the federal level that the first 10,200 of unemployment benefits are now no longer taxable for right. 2020. So that could help some. Now, if you've already gotten your taxes back and you didn't include that because that was kind of a late addition to the new tax mm -hmm. rules. They're saying do not amend that they will fix it on their end and, and okay. send you a refund for the difference. So you don't have to make changes even if you've already done it the improper way because the rule was changed so late in the game. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Well, that's good news, I'm sure. All right. Well, let's uh, take a real quick break. And when we come back, we will have uh, some more information for you. Kelly Lynn, have you got anything to add? I guess uh, just really Jesse going over some of the you ways to minimize those taxes throughout the year. Sounds exciting. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. The forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talk. Money talk is on the air. 
we're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your most trusted source for your money, your future, and your life. Uh, we thank you for listening. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Uh, or and that's the way that works. I guess I'll just flesh out. Um, you'll call. You'll get our message at the beep. You'll leave your message, including your question. We'll play the question on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer instead to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. You can ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. That's me. Kelly Lynn. Now you know. Up. Now you can put a voice to the you know to the name. How about that? Uh, and. Uh, you do the same thing. Give her your information. Yep. Uh, we'll answer the question on the air. Or you can email us, which is probably the most popular way. Uh, our email address is drgene.hensler.com. That is spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, if you prefer none of those and just want to answer your question yourself, you can peruse our website, which is also Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And uh, before we get back to our fun, um, that phone number that I gave out, 770-429-9166, is how you can also reach Jesse Thomas, who uh, could help you on your tax uh, advice if you need it. Um, and you can also call and speak to Jennifer Thomas, who is also on the air. You hear her voice here and there, uh, who can help you with financial planning and probably get you connected with Jesse or some other tax advisor as well. So, uh, Jesse, we've been talking about this situation with Doug and Rosie, late 40s, uh, got a kid in college, uh, just got back from the tax prep and a little upset that they owe money uh, a couple of questions they had how can we reduce our taxes in 2021 and secondarily will biden have to roll out a new tax plan to pay for all the stimulus that came out now you fleshed out more or less uh, the fact that we are going to have a, a tax season that runs one extra month mm-hmm. um and you know the delay poses a few issues but what about what about planning for next year? Yes. So there there are ways if you know if you think your income's going to be similar and you know you owed this year to kind of plan um kind of the easiest thing that doesn't save you any tax dollars but saves you headache is adjusting your withholding if you're working through your W2 or paying in quarterly estimates to make it a little more palatable than owing all at once. Um, But if you're looking for some ways to save on your taxes, um, there are definitely ways to do that. So one way that people use is investing in municipal bonds because they're tax exempt for federal purposes. And depending on what state the municipal bond is, there may be an exclusion for your state return as well. Um, However, the the returns tend to be a little bit lower, and I don't know if you want to talk about that, Jennifer, you know, how you recommend them or if you do. I'm looking looking that, you know, they're in their late 40s, and they're probably not retiring any, you know, they've got a child in college, but they, they may not be retiring real soon. Um, so if they have 10 years, 
before they retire and they need money from their portfolio, returns on municipal bonds are not really where they want to be. That's more for your safe money that's going to be set aside that you're going to need for the next 10 years. So investing in more of a growth investment, now you could, you know, you may have capital gains um, if you trade in and out of those positions and you may, and you would need to watch that. Um, you know, we do suggest that you try to keep those as long term as possible. You can try to do more growth-oriented stocks that don't pay as much dividends, which would lower your taxes. But, you know, having a diverse portfolio is more important than saving the tax dollars sometimes. I know that no one likes a surprise, and what I would say to that is you should know that you're earning more money, and if you're earning more money, you're going to have to pay more taxes. And you kind of alluded to that. Have a tax projection done so that you know – how much you should withhold by the end of the year or that you should pay in so that you aren't stuck on the deadline having to make a large payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, I want to pay as much tax as I possibly can right. because that means I'm going to earn as much as I possibly can. Exactly. So it, it, I know that, you know, everyone goes, oh, my gosh, I don't want to pay taxes. I want to pay taxes. I right. want to pay a fair tax, <laughs> you know, a fair amount of tax. Right. But I also want to pay taxes because I want to be able to say that I'm earning the money and, you know, planning for that. Exactly. You know, I, I bet Jesse is not going to tell us that one of the ways to save on taxes is to go to your employer and tell them to give you a cut in pay. Exactly. And that's Nobody ever suggests that one. <laughs> I don't know why, because it would save them on taxes, but you see what I'm saying. Right. I mean, that's kind of hammering home Jennifer's point. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants that option. We all want more. You just have to give a portion back to the man. Right. And the, Not I mean, all of it. one thing to consider, too, is, you know, maybe you are maxing out your 401k, but you're putting it in a raw 401k. So you're paying taxes on it now. Right. But when you need that money later, it's going to be tax exempt. You're either going to pay now or you're going to pay, pay later. So it, the game there is when are taxes going to be when is the rate going to be higher? When is when is the entire rate going to be higher? And when do you think your rate is going to be the highest? Yeah. And you pay um, it the other time. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, trying to. to trying to balance that and looking into your plan to see if that's available, kind of like we were talking about for the prior year. If they're not in a plan, if their work doesn't provide a plan, contributing to a um, IRA account, you know, could be a way to save. And really just making sure that you're maximizing the deductions where you can. So if you're offered an HSA account, you can do a contribution there to lower taxes. I know they mentioned they had children in college, making sure that if they're still claiming those children as dependents, they're taking that $500 deduction for dependents over the age of 17 and picking up any credits that may be available for their college. Um, One we see a lot is the American Opportunities Credit, um, which has a maximum of $2,500 a year. So that may be money that's being left on the table for them. Gotcha. All right. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, quite a few different ways. Maybe even, did you mention health savings account? Very briefly. Yeah. So, so yes, you can contribute to a health savings account. Um, the money goes in, depending on how the plan is set up. Um, the maximum contribution is 33550 for 20, 20 $3,600 for $21 for an individual or 7200 for a family. So the funds in there grow tax-free as if it was an IRA account, and then the distributions in retirement, if they're not used for qualified medical expenses, would be taxable then. All right. And if your company offers it, maybe even a flex spending account too, right? Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, that's some of the things that get overlooked, you know, as, as folks go on. And it usually takes a bit of a bite from a tax bill to get your attention at times, right? Yes. <clears throat> but, I mean, w one area we see people just picking up extra deductions is by tracking. So if you donate to charity and you're able to itemize, if you think you're going to be able to itemize, tracking that, tracking your mileage if you have a lot of doctor's appointments or mileage if you drive for charitable events, things like that, just kind of keeping the records so that when it comes time, you're not having to recreate them, you know, can easily save you an extra $1,000 a year. Sure. So uh, you're saying... It's not only the CPA that should be mindful of taxes all the time. It's everyone. Right. Everyone yes. needs to think like me now. <laughs> I was going to say, I, you know, you're sounding a whole lot like John Dixon, who, you know, gets on here and starts using weird words like intoxicated and, uh, you know, all kind of various. You know, life is super so, fantastic. It's, <laughs> John said that to me this morning. How are you, John? Super fantastic. Uh, okay. I'm glad you are. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, Jennifer, to your point, I agree. Um, you know, when you're talking interest rates like they are right now, how in the world would somebody want to be buying municipal bonds? Uh, you're you're not going to even beat the 1.7% inflation rate. And if you don't need them to, for uh, stability of your income or stability of your assets, rather, um, there's really no reason to buy a municipal bond or a bond of any stripe right now. Right. Unless, you know, unless it's for your money that you're going to need in the next 10 years. But even then, there's probably something better out there um, right now to invest in. Absolutely. In the fixed income side. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, I guess we got some questions. In fact, Kelly Lynn might want to read it. And Actually, then when we yeah. come back from the break, we'll take care of that. Yeah, coming up uh, in the next break, we are going to go to our Q&A time. Uh, got a bunch of listener questions this week. Um, and I will, I'm going to admit, this is my good friend Bill Murray who writes us. And he is actually interested in knowing um, how we actually talk, because we talk about it a lot, about how the S&P long-term growth is, you know, what, 10.5%? 10.5%, right. And he wants to know a little bit more about that. I'll read that question when we get back. All right, well, uh, stick around. You're listening to Money Talk. We've got exciting stuff on the way. We'll be right back. Need to prepare. Need to prepare. prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, the most trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with Jesse Thomas and Jennifer Thomas. And we've been talking about all kind of things to do with taxes today. It is the season. Uh, if you have your own questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through our question hotline. The number is 1-855-429-9166. Or you can give us a call. On our regular line, 770-429-9166. That's also the way that you would reach the experts that you hear on the air today, Jesse and Jennifer. Um, you would ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. Uh, I'm here to take your questions. There you go. I and can't answer them, but I'm here to take them. You'll get them to the person who can. I, I always do. There you go. All right. Uh, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Or you can 
get on our website and figure it out for yourself. Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, so, Kelly Lynn, what you got for we us? We got a ton of questions. Um, our good friend Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I love you. I, I, I love that he always asks these amazing questions. Need more Bill Murray's <clears throat> in the world. Always. There we go. Always. Well, he actually, he, he, he does uh, ask, uh, in an email sent out uh, a couple weeks ago, Dr. Gene's economic recap, which I'm going to pimp our website, you know, Hensler.com slash newsletters, if anybody listening wants to sign up uh, for some of our stuff that we send out. But he is a subscriber, and he says that it noted that the S&P is positive 89% of the time in rolling 10-year periods since 1950. Troy, is that finding is that finding based on raw numbers or does it take into account dividends and capital gains distributions? And secondly, we often hear that the long-term range for the S&P 500 with dividends and capital gains reinvested exceeds 10% a year. Why does it keep going up? So, uh couple of things. First of all, yes, absolutely. The 10.5% is a total return number, so it includes price appreciation and dividend. And believe it or not, it's about 50-50, meaning half of that return approximately on the S&P 500 comes from the dividend that is paid. So those of you that like these uh, fancy uh, growth stocks, I mean, there's nothing bad to be said of them over the last 10 years, but uh, for the long term, the dividend does make a difference. If you think about it, revenue growth at about 5% on an annual basis would give you an increase in earnings. If the the profit margin of the business is similar, you're going to have 5% growth in that earnings. If you assume that the price to earnings ratio doesn't change, so we'll just arguably say that it's 10, uh, you're going to have about a 5% increase, the appreciation in price. If the dividend is paid out and half of that earnings is paid out in dividend, for a payout ratio of 50%, uh, you're going to get about a, a 50% increase in that as well. So, uh, you know, you're, you're going to wind up with 5% from the appreciation just based on the fact that the company is earning more on top of the fact that you get uh, 5% from uh, the dividend. That, the dividend actually grows a little faster. If you give the payout ratio, say the, the uh, payout ratio is the same, uh, just for instance, if you have uh, you know earnings of about 10 bucks, 5% uh, growth gets you at 10 and a half. A payout ratio of 50% gets you about two and uh, two and a half percent uh, on top of. Uh, so it'll be instead of 50 cents the prior year, you'd get like 52 and a half cents uh, around. 53 cents for the dividend. So the math works out to about 10 and a quarter percent, and that's assuming that the price to earnings ratio would stay stable at that 10. Long term range is about 16.1. Not a real surprise that we have had some significant increase in the PE ratio lately, and that's the way, that's the way it gets. Now, uh, what was the second part of the question? Second part of the question is well, I guess uh, why does it keep going up? Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's, that's really what it. It's just. Companies keep making money. Well, that's part of it. And, you know, the long-term range on the S&P 500 <coughs> PE is about 17 times. Okay. Uh, right now it's at 26. 
that's all your answer. That, yeah, a, that would, an expansion that would. of the price to earnings ratio. Some of that's due to the fact that the makeup of the S&P 500 is more tech heavy these mm-hmm. days. Uh, and all those tech stocks, growth stocks, are uh, a bigger weight, and they also have a much bigger price-to-earnings ratio. So, okay. yes, it is increasing, and that's why. So those rolling 10-year periods, when we say it's always, you know, it's been up 89% or 90% of the time, that's also with those dividends and yes, reinvesting and everything. So it's yeah, all in apples to apples. Exactly, yeah. Okay. The, the decline is made less. The decline in price is made less by the fact that these companies generally continue to pay out dividends. So, yeah, the dividend's always a positive. All right, Bill, I hope that answered that question for you. I'm going to switch gears, go over to Jesse, put you in hot seat. Sure. Um, I've got a a message here from Cliff from Brazelton. He says, I am retiring later this year. Congratulations, Cliff, on that. Um, I've heard that when you retire, your tax rate is going to be lower than it was when you're working. Is this true? And even since tax reform. Yeah, so I'm going to give my favorite tax answer, which is it really depends. So you're going to pay tax either on the front end or the back end. So depending on how much you're going to have to take out in retirement, arguably you could be at a higher tax rate just, you know, based on what you're having to pull in. Um, On Kind of going along with that, as you retire, we tend to see people lose their tax deductions. Your homes are paid off. You hit the age where you get a property tax exclusion in your county, and you lose the ability to claim your dependents. So you're losing write-offs, which help lower your taxes while you're working. Um, you know, it also depends on on how tax rates go. If if you're working in a higher tax rate and then tax rates go down, then you know you may be pulling out less being taxed less, but if tax rates continue to increase, then arguably you could pay the same, if not more, in retirement. Um, So I know that's not not a great answer, but it's kind of a mix of, you know, if you're using taxable, non-taxable assets um, and what your investment portfolio looks like. I was going to say, it kind of depends on how he saved. Exactly. A little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. One One other thing just to add to that is depending on the age, you know, you can kind of look at it because you now don't have to pull money from your IRA until you're 72. Mm. So if you have taxable money and you really don't have a lot of other income, you know, but you're mainly living off your taxable money, you might consider pulling some distributions early at a lower tax bracket to lower your mandatory withdrawals once you get at 72. So there are things that you can plan depending on what age you retire and what your personal situation is. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, Jennifer, since you're still on here, let's uh, let's go to Bobby from Smyrna. He says, I turned 60 this year, and I'm getting all this junk mail about entering a new stage of financial planning. Um, is 60 a benchmark year, and what should he really be looking at this year in, these, uh, in his 60s? Well, a lot of people do retire in their mid to late 60s. Uh, some people continue to work after that. Some people retire earlier, but that's kind of the average is, I would say, 65 to 70. Um, so once you're within that 10-year window of retirement, I think it's really important for you to sit down and take a look at your plan. Uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're setting, if you follow our philosophy, you want to make sure that you're setting aside money and fixed income that you're going to need uh, once you retire if you're going to need money from the portfolio. So we always want to make sure that people have 10 years worth of fixed income in place. Um, but you also want to just make sure that is your plan viable, you know, based on what you saved over all these years, are you going to be able to retire and have the lifetime or the, you know, lifestyle that you want 
based on your goals and objectives and what's happened. Um, and, you know, and then knowing how your income is going to fluctuate, where you're going to pull the money from, if you need money from the accounts, you know, when you should collect Social Security, all those things come into play. You can start collecting Social Security as early as 62, but if you're still working, you obviously don't want to do that because you would be penalized. But, you know, we can look at whether or not you should draw it at your normal retirement age or whether you should postpone that. There are plenty of things uh, to look at, and you just want to make sure that you're protected, um, whether it is... um, you know, through insurance um, and just making sure that everything, your wills and everything is in place for you when you get to that retirement age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people tend to focus a lot more on that when they get much closer, but you need to start planning. It's, How old are you today? That's when you need to start planning, right? It sounds There's like... There's really no bad time to plan, you know, so even when you're young, if you just kind of want to get started on knowing how much would you have to save to to have X number of dollars when you retire, that's certainly something that somebody can do for you. But, you know, there's really no bad time to have a plan. But at that age, that's probably the, one of the most important times. All right, Jennifer, mark it up or down this week. I'm going to go with up. All right, Jesse. Up. You know me. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.